2 Peter 1 7, NKJV, 7 to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. Today we come to the end of our study from 2 Peter chapter 1. I believe this chapter to be very important to growing into maturity in our Christian walk. In salvation we have been given everything we need to have a successful life here on earth and to live in a way that is pleasing to God. We do this by growing in relationship with Him and by looking to the great and precious promises in the Word of God. As with all things in the Kingdom, we access all of this by faith. First faith in the grace of salvation. Then faith to receive the promises of which Peter speaks. If faith born of our relationship with God is not where we begin, everything else Peter says in these verses will be no more than law. That said, Peter tells us there are things we must add to our faith if we are going access the power to deal with what life brings to us. The things that we add are not things that God puts in. There are fruits of the Spirit that underlie every one of the things in Peter's list. The fruits are the things that grow in us as we cultivate them. They are the underlying power that make the things in the list work. However, the context and the words used here make it clear that they are things we must do in order to pick the fruit made available by salvation. In our last post we looked at something called brotherly kindness. This is the Greek word Philadelphia. That is the name of one of our major cities in the U.S., called the city of brotherly love. That is what the word means. Brotherly kindness is the care we should have for all that are of the body of Christ. We may not like everybody in the church, but we must choose to treat them with the same kindness we would want from someone else. We should not be harsh with people, but gentle even if we disagree. We should cultivate loving actions that will lead to loving feelings. This is something we add primarily in relation to those who are born again. Today we are called to add love to the equation. Here Peter uses the Greek word agape. If you have been saved any length of time you are familiar with this word. There are all kinds of churches and ministries that incorporate this word in their name. They do so because the Greek word represents something different from Philadelphia. Where Philadelphia represents kind feelings and actions towards a brother or sister in Christ, agape is defined as love in the absolute sense. Agape is the love of God. It is not just for those in the church but what we must give to all people. Agape is different because it is driven by decision. Philadelphia involves decision as well but using the term brotherly kindness to translate it implies a relationship. We may or may not feel anything for our brother when we decide to act in kindness toward him, but we do so because of the relationship. Agape is love that does not depend on relationship. It is love that we simply decide to apply to anyone and everyone we may encounter. Look at how Paul describes this. Romans 5 6-8, NKJV, 6 For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. 7 For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. 8 But God demonstrates His own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We could certainly look at John 3:16 as an example of a gape, but I think this verse in Romans is even more descriptive of what we must add to our faith. Paul points out in verse 10 that Jesus died for us while we were still enemies in our behavior toward Him. A gape did not consider if we were good or bad people. It did not consider if we were friends or enemies. It did not consider if we had any relationship to God at all. Agape simply decided to die for us. Agape drove Jesus to the cross, not because of emotional feelings alone. The feelings do come where agape is applied, but they follow. They do not lead. In Romans, Paul is talking about agape in relation to the sacrifice Jesus made for us. In 2 Corinthians 5 we find how Paul allowed agape to move him. 2 Corinthians 5 13-16, NKJV, 13 For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God, or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. 14 For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died, 15 And he died for all, 
that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. 16 Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Paul says that because of what Jesus did for him and the revelation he has about that, the same love that drove Jesus to the cross now compels him as well. The Greek word translated compel in the KNJV Bible is translated constrains in the KJV. I like that word better. The Greek word is even more powerful. The definition contains some interesting words. The word arrest is used to describe what Paul feels. The love of God has arrested him. He has no choice but to go where it sends him and do what it requires. It compels him to do things that the world calls crazy. It also perplexes him. That is another part of the definition. He cannot understand with human logic why he must follow this love, but he has no choice. If this love drove Jesus to the cross, what does it constrain Paul to do? He must live to deliver the message of what Jesus did. He does not see people after the flesh anymore because he knows Jesus died for every man, woman, boy and girl ever born. A gape in Paul's life removes the things that usually cause love to spring from our emotions. There is no good or bad. There is not friend or foe. There is no relationship that makes him live to bring the gospel to the world. There is only the decision that if Jesus died for one me, then he died for them all. The emotions do come. That is what constrains him. Nevertheless, the emotions follow the decision not the other way around. How do we add this kind of love? 1 John 4 1 gives us some insight. 1 John 4 16 MKJV 16 And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. We begin by knowing and believing that God really did love us enough to die for us. We meditate on that until it becomes so ingrained in our hearts that we cannot escape it and we do not take it for granted. Next, we must look at those around us. If we know them, of course we apply both agape and Philadelphia to them. Yet the agape part goes beyond. Race does not matter. Nationality does not matter. How they behave does not matter. Relationship is irrelevant. They may behave as enemies toward us, but that does not change the one truth we know about them all. Jesus died for them. Jesus loved them that much. We must now decide to live for them. If we wait for an emotion, we are behind. We must choose to accept what Paul accepted. He was not his own. He was bought with a price. He could not pay that price but now he had to choose to allow this love to motivate him into actions that would cause him to be as driven to share the message of what Jesus did as Jesus was to go to the cross. Not because of an emotion alone but beginning with a decision. Love is the key to understanding God the Father. We must add a gape to whatever we do if we want to please Him. 